becoming an elevated version of yourself requires radical action. It requires you to do things you've never done and things that make you uncomfortable. Her Evolution Podcast is a transformation of who you are to who you want to be. It integrates street smarts with professionalism, producing professional badass women. A process that blends the healthy parts you want to keep, sheds the harmful ones you want to eliminate, and incorporates the new ones you want to adopt. A flavor of both is necessary to thrive in all types of environments. Her evolution requires a new you. Therefore, it's time to show up and step into the woman you desire to be. Confident, assertive, wealthy, and beautiful. Her evolution awaits your your decision. Welcome to Her Evolution Podcast, a space for all things personal and professional development. I am Janeka Davis. Yo soy Afro-Boricua and proud. I'm fluent in Spanglish, so don't be surprised if you hear that throughout, okay? <laughs> I'm a wife, a life coach, a mom of a beautiful little girl and a baby boy on the way. I went from being an inner city kid to an Ivy League student. I'm studying psychology and spirituality at Columbia University, and my background is in leadership and management. In this podcast, I share raw reflections about life, lessons I've learned, and how to become an elevated and healed version of yourself, especially if you grew up in a dysfunctional family like I did and are now growing your own. I also invite special guests who can further pour into you. FYI, I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. Si necesita ayuda, if you need medical help, reach out to a licensed medical professional. If you're suicidal, reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. If you're experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now call 988. If you need help getting your shit together, like improving and deepening your relationship with your intimate partner, communicating your thoughts and feelings better, improving your mindset so that you're less savage to yourself and more loving and kind, then I'm your girl. See the show notes for more information. Hi, Genoviva. Hi. How are you? I'm so excited that we're on this call. Thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm super, <laughs> super. I've been just thinking about it all week. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, I'm super excited about this conversation, of course, because you are a mom of such a beautiful little girl. And I had my daughter who's about to be one in March, which is crazy. Oh my but goodness. I, want I can't believe she's going to be one. I know. It's like, what? Oh my gosh. But you guys, I have to let you know that Gen Genoviva and I met on Instagram, right? We've never met in person. <laughs> never, but strangely, I feel like I know you because uh, it's been uh, it's been a few years now. Right? Unbelievable. I think we met when I was pregnant with my son, Gio, right? Yes, that is correct. Yes. I had an I had an Instagram page on like following on like I was tracking my pregnancy and then I had a miscarriage and Genevieve and I we've just like hit it off since then and today we're going to have a conversation about motherhood and what life is like of course being a mom and your daughter is she's off to school now how old is she now 
She is five years old. My God. <laughs> so you're let's let's get into let's get into, into the juice of this. You, um, correct. Yes, I currently am, and I have been now going on six years. Amazing. Now this is what I want to know. When you got when you were pregnant with your daughter, how? Did you decide or did you already know that this is something that you wanted to do? Because I know when I was pregnant, like I was grappling with, do I stay at home with my daughter? Do I go back to work? And I was really having a hard time um, knowing what the right decision was because I wanted to be there for her and I wanted to be present. And I didn't want to feel like I was doing the wrong thing by returning back to work. So I'm curious what that experience was like for you and how you came to the conclusion of, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, it was definitely not an easy choice. Before I became pregnant, before I got married, I always said, no, I'm going to work. I'm not going to be ever a stay-at-home. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely not something at the forefront of my mind where I thought, yes, I'm going to have a child and be a stay-at-home. When I became pregnant with her and I was working full time, by the time I got to about eight months, I was, I was very tired and my work was physically demanding. And I just, once I got towards the end of it, I really started thinking like, wow, I, I really want to rest and have some me time before I deliver. And then I, I couldn't, my boss actually called me into his office and he was like, so you're going to have six weeks maternity leave. Wow. And when I heard six weeks, I just, I think that was really the moment when I said, no, that's just not enough. That's not enough time for me to bond with my daughter, to be with my daughter. I just, I couldn't imagine leaving her so young wow. with someone else. And luckily I have been blessed that because of my husband's work, I could be a stay at home. And I feel incredibly grateful and blessed for that. Amazing. That's amazing. And hearing six weeks, like my heart just dropped because honestly, if I didn't have my job gave me six months off and in addition to six months off, we had an option to get another parental care leave for bonding that was unpaid so there was a six month that was paid and a six month that was on unpaid so I, I will tell you that definitely affected the decision that I made in six weeks I would have definitely done what you did and I would have been like nope exactly six weeks just did not feel enough and it just it just I couldn't what six, six weeks is nothing for it really is nothing it really is nothing like I just as soon as I heard him say six weeks, I really think that was the determining factor that was like, okay, this is, this isn't going to work. I can't, I need more than that. Wow. Oh my gosh. So once you, so did you resign or did you end up doing? I did. I actually resigned uh, soon after that conversation, actually. So I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. I had, I, and I had no trouble doing it. I was so excited to welcome my first child. Uh, this, the pregnancy was just, I was so full of excitement. I could not wait to be a mom. And 
I couldn't picture it any other way than me being with her and being able to raise her. And six weeks definitely was just, there was no way. Yeah. I don't blame you. I honestly, I, I really would have done the same thing. And what's interesting is that when we had, the, of course, the date, we had, um, we had a scheduled uh, cesarean because my pregnancy was, was high risk. And my husband and I we were like, yes, I, that was the decision that we had came to the decision that I was going to stay. I was going to stay at home with the baby uh, because of the nature of my uh, pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. But then living in New York is not cheap. <laughs> no. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so as we started getting closer, like Isabella was already, I think, six months when... I was debating, I'm like, you know what, I think we might, I should go back to work. Um, so we ended up feeling, and I remember we had this conversation and you were- Yes, back. I was about to say, we did have a conversation about this. Yes, and I loved your response. You, well, your response to me was just so uplifting because you were like, whatever de- decision that you make, it will be the right decision no matter what. And I just thought that was so beautiful and it was just so timely when you shared that with me. So I definitely want to take this moment to thank you for that. <laughs> well, of course. And I really think, I mean, it's it, it's a hard decision, but my philosophy has always been a happy mom is everything. Mm-hmm. And our children, that's what they need is a happy parent, regardless of which path you choose. Yes. Yes. Now, let me ask you, how did becoming a mom change you oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) oh wow I mean becoming a mom was seriously the catalyst of all the events that have just taken me to where I am now I it really was a, a, tr- a huge turning point in my life. And I mean, all, becoming a mother is already a life-changing event. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it was a huge trigger that helped me get to where I am today. It helped me want to be better and ask myself some really tough questions about my own childhood. Mm-hmm. And that was really just eye-opening. And I had to ask myself, how can I be the best mother? And in asking myself that question, it took me back to the very beginning of my own relationship with my parents and my life as a child. I knew that I had grown up not in the most healthy environment, but now it was really like at the the forefront of my mind. Interesting. What was triggering it? It's just your daughter being, well, you said that obviously her being born and then that question came up. It was like, how can you be the best mother, the best parent, but were there like certain things that were triggering that, like, you know? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily just becoming a mom in itself, but also I had a lot of things happen between me and my family, like during my daughter's birth and afterwards. And those things just, it really had me wanting to change a lot of complicated aspects between in my relationship with my parents Mm -hmm. and realizing that I didn't have any boundaries. And all of a sudden 
I had a real need for boundaries because I realized, okay, my priority is now my family, the family I created. Mm-hmm. And I need to protect my mental, emotional health at all, at all. I mean, that was the priority above all. Mm-hmm. And it just made me realize, okay, well, how can I protect her if I don't even know how to protect myself? Wow. And so that kind of initiated me wanting to have the right tools to be able to put my foot down and create and set these healthy boundaries that I needed so desperately. And what did those healthy boundaries look like? Because I know sometimes we, sometimes we can say boundaries, right? But what are those boundaries? What do they look like? And for anyone that that's listening, may be curious about like, what is it? What what is it that's missing? You know, like what what came up for you that you needed to be like, this is it. These are my boundaries, and you, if you cross them, I will, you know, address address it right away. So realizing what my boundaries are or were took a lot of getting really introspective Mm -hmm. and really looking within myself and what the emotions that arise, the uncomfortable emotions that I was feeling from people overstepping. And slowly I started realizing like, okay, this is my family now. I'm I'm no, I'm an adult now. And I, it's, it's, I feel like when there's a trauma bond between parents and their children, it's very easy for you to fall back into like being a child again and wanting to people please. I was a huge people pleaser. And in realizing like, okay, this is not healthy. Uh, just in the, in, in so many little things, like how I want to raise my child, uh, my marriage, mm-hmm. uh, criticism, yes. things, just, there were so many things, even, uh, something like mentioned speaking about my body post-pregnancy mm-hmm. and realizing, okay, okay, no, no, no. You know, these are all boundaries. I'm not okay with them being crossed mm. and demanding respect and mm-hmm. demanding. I mean, that was the biggest thing, demanding that respect from adult to adult, because it's so easy with a parent relationship to feel like you're still a child, even though obviously you no longer are. You know, I love that you shared that as far as you could be an adult and you can still fall back into those patterns of being a child. I love that you mentioned that because that's such an important thing to emphasize that some people may not even be aware of that can happen because obviously your parents raised you. So you get conditioned in a certain way because you've been accustomed to things being done a certain way that you can unconsciously habits that you've adopted, you know, as a child that you might still have as an adult and slip into that uh, without your recognition. And then it shows up in your relationships. It shows up in the workplace. It shows up in a lot of your experiences. I think it's so beautiful that you've had that realization and that you're able to articulate it. Oh, 100%. I mean, this was, it was all life-changing for me because that was really the motivator for me to 
seek therapy and to really realize, okay, there is an issue, there is unhealed trauma. But I didn't know that because, I mean, I knew there was, I was aware that there was trauma. I was aware that there were a lot of unhealthy dynamics, but I, I think I was focused on what they call now toxic positivity, mm. which is where I would just basically be like, no, I got to be grateful. I'm blessed because there's so much more good. And so then you kind of end up brushing, you know, aside all the real issues and you don't face them, but that's not healthy because you have to dig deep and really relive those uncomfortable feelings and figure out where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Being positive is good. And it's, you know, it's wonderful to, to be grateful and to feel blessed. But if you have unhealed trauma, you can't just put that to the side and ignore it. Yes. It's interesting. I had this conversation about positive, positive talks, um, uh, what do you call it? Positive, toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Thank you. I was talking to to one of my classmates about that because she was she was doing the same thing, and we were exploring it, and we were talking about how there's a spectrum to everything. Right? Too much of something, it's not good. When there's too little of something, that's also not good, right? And it's like we always need to find the state of equilibrium or the state of balance. So it's to your point. It's like if you sweep under the rug all of your trauma, or you sweep under the rug all everything that you've been through, and then it, and just constantly be in that state of positivity. And to your point, gratitude is really good, but addressing all of those challenges, as you said, you've been doing, it's such a critical step to your own healing and to getting over, getting over that hump or like getting over that feeling of being stuck and being stressed and depressed. So I love that you. Are you still on this journey, correct? Or you? Oh, I, I still, yes. I feel like it's a never ending journey, but I'm definitely in a different place and focusing on different things now. Yes. Yes. Are you still going to therapy? And if you are, do you, are you still finding value in therapy? Like how are they helping you like filter your thoughts and filter your past, filter your, your present, and then filter where you want to be like in the future? I think therapy is just one of the most amazing gifts that we are given, really. And I recommend it to everyone and anyone because I, I feel like it's just, it gives you such a safe place to be just 100% open and transparent. I've done a lot of healing through therapy, especially with family trauma. And it's just been, it's been a wonderful tool in my life. And it's, I feel like I can just constantly continue using it because new problems will always arise. Your, your life is never going to be, you know, perfect. Mm -hmm. So when you're going through something or you're having uncomfortable feelings and you, therapy allows you to explore that and see where it's coming from or, or if there's any new issues or whatever it may be. I feel like it just, it helps me be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. I love that. And for those of you contemplating whether or not this is something that you want to do or not, or if you're doing it now, I've also gone to therapy and it's definitely helped me just as much as it's helped uh, Genoveva and so many other wonderful people that I know. 
And Genevieve, I want to ask you about your relationship with your daughter. Like you, you've got to spend so much beautiful time, so much valuable time with her. What is your relationship like with her? Well, it's it really has been an amazing five years that I was able to have her full time home with me. And I, it it was, it wasn't an easy choice to to stay home because. Being a stay-at-home mom can sometimes get very lonely, but it was wonderful being able to just solidify my bond with her and to spend real, genuine, quality time with her. I never missed a milestone. I was able to play with her, to really spend special time that I you know, I could never be given back. Mm-hmm. And I have a wonderful relationship with her and it's a healthy relationship in the sense that she's also has a lot of independence. Nice. Even though she did spend a lot of time with me, I did work at making sure she was socialized. And that also helped me kind of push me out of my shell because before I could be a little bit of a hermit and being home with her, it was like, okay, I need to, she needs friends, playmates. Mm-hmm. And that pushed me to seek out friendships with other like-minded mothers who I'm still friends with till this day. And we have a special bond despite that our kids are still in school. We have our own friendship. So that was really wonderful to, you know, meet and create these special bonds uh, between us and our children. That community is so important. It really is. It made such a huge difference in my life and in my child's life, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you got to have this really in a perfect world, I will I would want that experience for every single woman. <laughs> right? I know. And that's why I do feel incredibly blessed that I was given this opportunity to be at home with her. You know, it, it didn't come easy. And I did get some criticism from family members. But I will never trade it for anything. I feel just incredibly lucky and blessed that I had this time. Isn't it amazing that sometimes those closest to us are the quickest to judge and criticize? Like, this is not your life. Like, I missed the part where... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, this is, you know, this is my choice. And and that was another thing with boundaries is realizing this is my life. And these, I, I don't need to impress or make anybody else happy except myself. Exactly. And it's like, and who are you to impose your beliefs on me and what I do with my child that I held for nine months and I birthed? Exactly. <laughs> and that was all in part with the healing too, is, is getting that strength to be able to stand up for what I wanted and to make those choices for myself and not care, you know, like whatever you think that's fine, but this is, this is essentially my life. And I found so much joy and happiness and being able to to be with her and raise her. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that she's off to school now, right? She's in what, kindergarten? Yes, she started kindergarten. Oh my God. Now, yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Now, yeah, they grow did, up 
very fast. Yeah. What did it feel like to send her off to school for the first time? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I actually went through it with uh, my friend, one of my mom friends, who she sent her daughter the year prior to kindergarten, and I saw her just go through it. It was really tough, and I and I, I wondered what is it going to be like for me. I knew it was going to be hard, but you don't really know until you're you're there. Right. And it was it was not easy. And I think the biggest thing for me was the hardest thing for me was letting go and just accepting that I couldn't protect her from everything because in my care and under my care I felt like I could protect her from from the world from everything mm -hmm. and so that was really hard to to kind of let go and realize okay and that's something I've had to work on is that letting go and just knowing that okay I cannot protect her from anything you know from the outside world but i can help her navigate it mm -hmm. and so that's been my biggest just what helps me just get through it is like okay i i i can't control everything you know outside in the outside world but this is good for her and we all have to experience uncomfortable things and pain and sadness anger all those things it's normal but at least i can be a, a safe place for her and really just help her navigate all those difficult things i love that and that i'm gonna i'm gonna receive that too because when i get to that point of having to let her go <laughs> It is so hard, I will tell you. It's just, you, it's just the first step in realizing like, oh my goodness, they're growing up and at some point they're really not gonna need me. Yeah. In the same way that is. Right. This is so interesting. Cause like I had to let her go in terms of like when I returned to work and she like my in-laws stay with her, but it's not the same because I trust them and I, I know they're gonna care for her. Like that's their child. So I don't think it's this. It's this. It's the same as letting her go to like kindergarten, because I don't know the teachers or, you know. So that's. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. But she's done amazing. I mean, she literally her first day of school. I was so nervous. I did cry, but I tried not to show her my my fears. I didn't want to project those fears onto her. That was really hard to try and keep myself together. Mm -hmm. So I had to be very careful with how I spoke to her and the feelings I expressed. She did see me sad and I think she she understood that I was sad that she was going to school, even though I did try to <laughs> keep it together. Yeah. But she did amazing. She just, she didn't even, she just waved. I don't think she even looked back. Wow. And went in and I was like, okay, she's got this. <laughs> she's ready she's ready <laughs> oh. yeah and she's done amazing so i'm i'm happy with with how it's it's all unraveled and it's ended up it was also hard the aspects of like oh my gosh she's going to school and now i'm here what am i gonna do right. and this is a really good segue because i was gonna ask you that question next like what space are you in now so with her going to school, I have to admit that at the very beginning, I felt very, I'm trying to find the word. I just, I, I, I felt like I, I all over, like my purpose was kind of gone, I guess you could say. Mm, understood. 
and feeling like, okay, what, what am I going to do now? And, and it was, I did at the very beginning kind of distract myself with meeting up with people I hadn't met up with for a while for lunches and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, taking care of myself, like, okay, I'll go get, I can go get my hair done now, you know, things, little things like that. But then once the glamour and all of that kind of faded, and I was actually sitting here alone mm-hmm. in true solitude, well, besides my birds and my dog, <laughs> it was like, wow, okay, that's when I feelings and emotions started popping up slowly and I had a kind of question okay where is this coming from and I really started going introspective and internally and looking inwards into what what am I lacking that I need to work on and I realized one of the biggest things was just self-love and getting my working on taking care of myself, not just the self-care that's like, oh, I'm gonna go get my nails done or have some wine, but the the self-care where you actually sit in silence mm-hmm. and yes. really be present and really just work on the the inside. Yes. The the invisible Yes, that invisible self-care, journaling, reading, Mm -hmm. just affirmations or meditation, whatever, whatever that, 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 that is for, for the individual, really. Yes. What's it felt like being with yourself and, you know, like having so much time to yourself when before, of course, you didn't have as much. It's been, it's actually, you know, like I said, at first it was hard, but now I'm really enjoying it because I now I'm in the I'm in a phase of really trying to figure out what I want to do next yes I know that I don't want to do what I was doing prior to becoming a stay-at-home and now I feel like okay well what what do I want to do so it's rediscovering my passions and what what brings me joy and that means I have to get to know myself again because you, as a mother, you really do, you, you give so much. Yes. And my daughter was really my priority for, for a long time. And so now it is really nice to make myself a priority and just kind of rediscover like who, who, who I am, mm-hmm. not just as a mother, but an individual who is Genevieve. Yes. And as a woman, as an individual, I love that. I love that so much. And let me ask you, so for the ladies out there who are listening, like, what advice would you give mothers who have been on a similar path? Oh, gosh. I would tell them to not, not get discouraged, to really take that time for yourself. There's this quote that I really, really love. And it's, I, I'm trying to remember who it's from, but it's, I actually have the book right here, so I'm gonna look at it real quick. Oh, but it's women need real moments of solitude and self-reflection to balance out how much of ourselves we give away. Mm. And so I really love that because it's so true. I really think 
it's so healthy for us to have that relationship with ourselves apart from being a wife, a mother and whatnot and really discover your passion or what you want to do and just and it's okay to take that time for yourself. I absolutely love that. Genevieve, this was such a heartfelt conversation. I'm so happy that you're on this journey, on this healing journey, and that you shared all this insight with us. And for those of you listening, I hope that you found so much value, as as much value as I found in this episode. Genevieve, is there something else you'd like to add that you would want us to know? I think it's important for women to know that whether you are out in the workforce or at home or whatever you decide to do, whatever you decide to do is of value. You are valued. I think that's so important because I think we forget to value ourselves and just the role we play, the different roles. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. This was such an exciting episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And you guys have an amazing day. Love y'all. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to be vulnerable and to share. I'm excited. And um, thank you for sharing with me as well. It's my pleasure. (laughs) Take care. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you found this episode valuable and inspiring. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, comment, and review. I know living a review takes a little bit of your time, but I would greatly appreciate it. My goal with this podcast is to get the word out and help as many people as I can to improve their mental health and their overall well-being. Please also share this podcast with your friends and family who need to hear these messages. Together, we can help make this world a little better just because we care enough to. If you're listening on Spotify, you can only rate and follow, so please do. Lastly, if there's a topic you'd like me to discuss on my next episode, let me know by DMing me on Instagram at IamJanaeka, that's I-A-M-J-A-N-E-I-C-A with the topic or mention the topic when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Cuídense mi gente y adelante. Take care and keep moving forward.